Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 33 of Deep in the Novo, and Sadiq is finally back from eye surgery. Let's give him a round of applause real quick, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, I just, I'm, I'll, I'm solo in my efforts there, but we're going to be talking about OSU's 42-3 victory over Baylor. It's an interesting episode for you to come back because, Sadiq, we can talk about the guy. As I mentioned in our uh, recording of the film room session, we can talk about our guy, Dylan Stoner, okay? So this is a huge reason of why um, OSU was able to win this game by so by such a large margin. Uh, so, so tell us, how did this happen, I guess, from your perspective? Dylan Stoner, we've seen it time and time again. You know, we saw it all last year when Tylen went down. This guy is capable of taking over the number one role. Not in the same capacity as mm-hmm. Tylen Wallace, of course, but he's a talented guy. He's a good route runner. He's physical. He's got strength. He's speedy, and he's, a, again, like I said before, a really good route runner. That's why and he's versatile, right? He can play inside, outside. And when he plays inside, you almost get fooled because he runs so many of those shallow, you know, crossing routes or mostly out routes mm-hmm. where that's, that's kind of how part of the Mike Gundy offense. Get the ball out, you know, spread him out horizontally on the screen passes and the out routes, then throw it down the field, right? Mm-hmm. Stretch him out, pull him out, right? That's, that's kind of the common concept. And something you see all the time. But, yeah, with Stoner, when he does go outside and he becomes that number one outside receiver, it's a completely different role because they're looking for matchups. They're looking for one-on-ones. And not one-on-ones where he's just going to get open, like the way Talon Walls will. Yeah, of course he'll get open because he's got speed and he's got talent. But also just able to make catches, mm-hmm. make, you know, make tough physical catches. Something, you know, Braden Johnson can't do, but Dylan Stoner can, which is interesting because Dylan Stoner doesn't look like this big physical and pounding guy. Right. But he's strong. He can get up there. He can high point balls really well. Uh, obviously, again, this is all well, relatively not Talon Wallace mm-hmm. level, but he's able to do that. And it's just the smarts, you know, and the chemistry developing with Spencer on that first touchdown, the 75 yard one. It's just almost a not a broken play per se, but, you know, I mean, it is, right? It was supposed to be a screen pass the other side, then suddenly Spencer rolls out and finds this guy down the field. And it, it was a lot of no safety help. You know, they, Baylor wasn't committing to stopping Dylan Stoner. They weren't. Um, and Dylan Stoner just kept having one on one. Um, opportunities and it was smart at times you saw the crossing routes against man-to-man coverage that's what bit osu in several games when you're playing man-to-man right that that's it's it's the unintended consequence when you play man-to-man on those crossing routes on those times where cornerbacks have to travel along right. receivers it's difficult because you get caught up in a bunch of traffic you saw that a couple times you saw just the raw physicality the ability to get open the speed you mm-hmm. see all types of things with dylan stoner it was impressive, and it was needed for sure. Yeah, because it, when you look at Dylan Stoner, right, when he's that number two guy, he he does, like you said, those those in routes, right? And he's so good right. with it. He's so good at getting and that. And routes, yep. Yeah, and, and, and yes, exactly, and getting that inside leverage uh, against some of these receivers, and that's what you like from his game. You, you like some right. of these uh, shorter passes, but, man, when he's in this uh, role where he's that outside receiver, right, and he is that number in, in that number one receiver role, he really stepped it up and took it to another level because, right. and, and I feel like he did this last year against TCU too. Exactly. Um, and when he you launched it out down the field, you finally see the physical element of his game, right? And that is right. that is so great for this OSU team, right? Uh, and going forward, um, whoever whomever they might be playing in this bowl game, um, Spencer Sanders is going to be feasting on, on on Dylan Stoner. It looks like right, We're just launching it down the field to him and. And as we saw against Baylor the other day, and, and that was really something uh, special to see. When you have a guy that can make contested catches, that can catch in traffic, that's just an advantage, right? And when you have a number one receiver, that's the most important thing. It's not, you know, there's there's times where we've seen guys who are really good as number twos, especially in the NFL, 
But when they become number ones, they, yeah, they might produce a little bit, but they're not they're not able to be your number one guy because mm-hmm. it can't be double coverage. They can't make contested catches. Dylan Stoner has done all of that. He can be he can go from the slot. He can go outside. He can do a lot of different things. And yeah, again, it's not Talon Wallace, but it's it's a really talented receiver. Uh, you know, I mentioned this before last week maybe. Um, to begin the year, Spencer said that Talon or that Dylan Stoner, excuse me has Belitnikov talent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if that's exactly if that's true, but <laughs> it's just it just shows how talented this guy is. He is. He's a very smart guy. He's a smart receiver also. He works hard. And you see the physicality, the strength mm-hmm. to make those contested catches. Those are not easy. Those are some of the hardest catches, right? They in, are. In football. And, yeah, the fact that he can keep doing that. I kept saying the problem is not the skill players. Mm-hmm. I don't think it has been all season because you're deep there. You have a lot of guys. Uh, you can, you're can you fine. you got your quarterback. The problem is the O-line the whole time. Mm-hmm. They held up well this time. And you saw Dylan Stoner able to make plays whenever the defense would play him like that. And it, it was definitely an impressive effort. Yeah, and, and you, you said it there. You said it best. It's not the skilled players, right? It's the offensive line. Um, and when the protection is good, when the pass blocking is good, you can uh, open up some of these opportunities for guys like Dylan Stoner, right? Um, and, and even guys out there like Tay Martin, who, right. who did fine, right? Yeah. Um, and, and other uh, receivers out there. You almost wish you had that for OSU if you're OSU, sure. right? Because I mean, obviously, you wish you had that if you're OSU. Because if you had that all season long, you would have been seeing, you know, more consistent, um, I guess, dispersion of all of these uh, different talents and, and showcasing more that more and more. Um, but yeah, when you talk about Stoner, I mean, you're talking about a guy who was doing this back to back plays almost too, right? There was right. that one, his second touchdown. Um, he, uh, initially. He had a very physical catch uh, downfield, which actually was a pass or a pass interference, right? Um, and then after that, there was also the uh, the element of you know him getting the touchdown. And then his third touchdown, I believe, um, he had a nice stiff arm against number four on Baylor, I believe it was. Yep. Um, Christian Morgan. Yeah, exactly. And um, he was really able to get it done all day. So. Uh, what a performance! I mean, you you can't even you can look at the stats and, and say what a performance from Dylan Stoner because stat wise it was great, but right. man, just looking into it too, it just gets you excited if you're an OSU guy. It does, and you know after the catch too, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's speedy, he's fast, he can catch and run in stride, and it was a good job, Spencer, not throwing it behind, not throwing it mm-hmm. in front, not throwing it up or down. Where that, that's one of the underrated things that Spencer when he you did target Dylan Stoner and. And Dylan Stoner came out with the catch. It was in stride. It was. It was, you know, on the one where it was a 75-yard touchdown. Yeah, he, he was he was getting open off a broken play. Mm-hmm. But he also threw it perfectly over the shoulder in stride. Dylan Stoner caught it and kept running on the crossing route, threw it in front of him, let him catch it and go. Yards after the catch. But that's what accuracy it's accuracy mm-hmm. is. It's not just, hey, is a guy catching? It's not just a completion percentage. It's, hey, are you catching? Are you throwing it to the right place? Are you throwing it in front of a guy when he's got space to run? Mm-hmm. Are you throwing it behind a guy a little bit when there's a safety coming? It's those type of things, and it was a definitely a good connection. You could see their chemistry. Obviously, that one play where, <laughs> you know, it, it was supposed to be a Dylan Stoner curl route, or it, it's one of those things where the timing with the quarterback, wide receiver, wide receivers reading the coverage, mm-hmm. and Dylan Stoner should have came back, should have stopped there. Spencer threw it behind. You could see that. And a little bit of miscommunication, but, you know, that happens. It's football. It's football. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and when talking about the guy, Spencer Sanders, right, who who's throwing to Dylan Stoner all game long, I loved what I saw out of him this game, right? right? This was one – like, I feel like the past two weeks um, 
I believe it was uh, last week again, or no, I, I believe it was the Texas Tech game sure. where the offensive line is just blocking super well, right? You see that composure from Spencer Sanders, right. which, which many weeks you don't see it because he almost is ultra competitive and he's right. and he's trying to do a little bit too much. But man, this week I feel feel like you saw composure I, even from that first drive, the the second play of scrimmage where Dylan Soner gets that touchdown. You see him rolling out right, right? Um, you see him stepping into his throws, right? You see him uh, being able to launch it downfield uh, to Dylan Soner. Get him on when when he uh, creates separation from these corners, and that's great because he he has a great improvisation. He has a great ability to um, even do it in the pocket too. And and even when he's uh, you know the pocket's collapsing, when there's pressure coming, you saw it in this game. There was times where he would be able to you know even if it was two yards, he was able to pick up two yards on the run and just much better decision making from Spencer Sanders. It's one of those things where every time you want to blame the play design when the play doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, some of those things. Yeah, I mean it's Jalen Petrie and this Baylor defense. Remember, this is the same Baylor defense that limited what OU to two hundred fifty yards or yes. something, and probably could have been better if if Baylor's offense had you know sustained some more drives. Mm-hmm. But I mean it, it this type of thing where yeah OSU's. I mean, it looked like a whole different defense yeah. they were playing against. And a lot of that had to do with the O-line blocking well. But then Spencer, you're right. There were several plays where, you're right, there was a couple where he just threw it away smartly. And then a couple where he just understood, okay, I got to run and get the first down. I need to get it so we get the first down. Then there's times where you live to play another day, right? Mm-hmm. Or Yeah, and um, it was smart. And you're right. It's, 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 a t- it's a game like this where you really hone in and watch and you see him using his legs smartly. Yeah. Right? There's little subtle movements where he just gets it for a second, mm-hmm. throws it open, or runs for first down, or buys a little more time. And it was in the right way, mm-hmm. where a lot of times you this season, he hasn't been able to escape because, yeah, when a guy who's got legs can scramble, mm-hmm. but there's also the way that pass rushing was, there was like, it felt like eight guys from every single angle. There was right. no place to run it. And in games where the, the O-line's given, given enough time, mm-hmm. Spencer can run out. You know, he can... Get out, escape out the edge, not always just step up in the mm-hmm. pocket, but, you know, s- step around and get out and buy more time. This was one of those games, and it was very smart. You're right. He's composed. He was poised. Mm-hmm. And he used the legs when he needed to. Yes. He, right? When he when he was in the pocket and he needed to, which he's, I think his pocket presence has so improved. I think season. so, too. I- incredibly. Tim yeah. Rattay. I mean, oh, come yeah. on. You, you can't say enough about the guy. But, man, he's he set out uh, at the beginning of the season to, right. to accomplish that goal. And he accomplished that goal, I feel like, oh, right? Oh, 100%. Strides and strides forward, uh, much more so than he was last season. And the problem is you don't see that so many plays because of just how quickly <laughs> this O-line crumbles. There's no pocket to right. be it's had. Like, how can you ask a guy to step up in the pocket when he's stepping up into Joseph Asai's arms? <laughs> right? You just can't. I mean, you're stepping up to defender's arms. You're stepping up right into your D-line. Sorry, your O-line. But there's times where he's he's doing that when he's got the time, when he's got the pocket, mm-hmm. right? Because remember, pockets aren't always going to be perfect. It's about stepping up, finding the right thing, uh, staying co- poised there. And he's done that. He's done that well. Then he escapes out. You're right. Buying more time. And this was a huge reflection. Uh, what, 608 yards to mm-hmm. 156? I mean, that, that just tells the story. It really does. And it looks easy. It looks easy. It really looks easy. But it wasn't. The first 75-yard touchdown, that could have been a negative five-yard loss, right, on on the pass mm-hmm. or on a sack. Instead, it's a 75-yard touchdown, a game of inches, understanding, getting out, right, and then finding the right looks, throwing it up. The Dylan Stoner touchdown where he, he caught it over Rally Tejada, you know, like he start, strong-armed him. <laughs> that could have been an interception. Yeah. Little things. And totally. It, again, it looks easy at the end of the day. A little run, you bring a tackle instead of a little cutback in one hole instead of another, mm-hmm. that's a tackle. It always comes down to little things. But it was a great, great, great effort by uh, Spencer, for sure. I mean, you just can't devalue how well he played, found the guys he mm-hmm. needed to, 
made the right throws, threw them accurately. And uh, what did he throw? Two picks? Yeah. And to me, those were his only two bad plays. I, I completely it agree. Ju- it just happens that those uh-huh. two bad plays happen to also be picks. Mm-hmm. And the first one, it was the O-line's fault, essentially, where you saw him. He was he got space. He had guys coming around him. Uh, Dylan Stone was open. But that's one of those things where you're so worried mentally that, you know, the O-line's crumbling all around you. You can't step into your throw. You didn't. You saw his feet, footwork wasn't proper. He wasn't able to, you know, stable down and throw, you know, get that ball down. And as a result, you, know, you I don't know if you maybe missed the safety down there. Christian Morgan, I think it was either him or JT Woods, one of the Baylor safeties who got the interception where he just threw it a little too far mm-hmm. or just not properly where he wanted to. And it's one of those things you get hurried up. And the other one was just you know difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like I said, it was it was really only two bad plays. Yeah. <laughs> Besides that, it was I mean, yeah, the other one was just a jump ball that Tay Martin it's it's one of those timing things, right? He's got the chemistry down with Tylen Wallace with Dylan Stoner, but with new guys, that happens. Yeah, and and there was, a, the, like, in addition to these, like, I guess, um, you, you said the, the only two bad plays, or the only bad plays were, were those interceptions. There were great plays, too. I mean, we talk right. about the, the connections to Dylan Stoner, but, man, there was a gr- – here's one that sticks out to me. There was a great completion downfield to Landon Wolf, right, right. where he really – Spencer, the pocket was collapsing almost to – and it was going towards the right side of the field mm-hmm. um, to the right hash marks, and Spencer launched it out to him all the way across the field. Uh, Landon right. Wolf was on the uh, left side of the field yes. o- almost right near the 30-yard line. Um, and man, he was able to complete it there. And Landon Wolf is super reliable this year. We all know that. Right. But it was a dot from Spencer Sanders, and yeah. that just shows his arm strength. That just shows his accuracy. Yeah, it's not that easy to scan a field and find mm-hmm. these guys. But he was able to. Yes, I think he escaped at the right time. It's it's the plays where you don't see the sack for me that really signify how good he played. Mm-hmm. That he, if he just made the wrong decision just by a split second, then it's a sack or it's an interception or a bad play, and it just puts you off schedule. But it was always the right play, always moving the right direction, mm-hmm. and le- it looked a lot easier. But it, I mean, not to say it wasn't easy, but it was it was a great performance. He wasn't the only quarterback that took snaps yesterday. <laughs> Can we talk about Jelani Woods taking a snap? <laughs> <laughs> and you know that reminds me of another thing. There there was a lot more heavy set, a lot more. There was right you under center, which is rare for. College, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's rare for college quarterbacks, but for this offense especially, mm-hmm. right? I mean, for any offense really. And it was a lot of that, and it was heavy sets where you had a sixth offensive lineman, you had multiple tight ends, and then Dominique Richardson. And I, I liked it. It was a new little wrinkle there. Mm-hmm. Um, I kept saying in the film room, Dominique Richardson is the best power back. Just, yes. He's the strongest, Strong. right? And I think that was really told in just you see the linemen and the tight ends mm-hmm. and those type of heavy, heavy sets. Um, and probably two, three tight ends. I mean, you call it three tight ends because they're an offensive yeah. lineman, but it should be like three and a half tight ends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it just, yeah, I mean – yeah, that's you saw us. Yeah, Jelani Woods, good mm-hmm. good play call, right? Finding ways to just confuse the defense. Mm-hmm. Former quarterback, you know, he knows how to take snaps. Yeah, he, he does, right? And and, and uh, it was an interesting thing to see. I, I, I just had to throw that in there. Of course, I, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was good play, uh-huh. right? It's, uh-huh. it's one of those things. You, I mean, I've never seen it. I don't think anyone's ever mm-hmm. seen it. You're not expecting it. Yeah. But in, in a day, in an age in football where things are so, um, you're trying to be innovative and creative mm-hmm. and catch your guys off balance, not. Not expecting things. Mm-hmm. Great wrinkle. Yeah, exactly. And and you know when you look at 
you know, the way that they, – I feel like the play calling this game was fantastic yeah. because there, there was just little intricacies. The the Tylen – or the – excuse me, the Dylan Stoner third touchdown specifically, this sticks out to me. Um, he was literally just able to dice through the defense like yeah. it was nothing. I believe uh, it was zone coverage on that play. I believe so. I um, think it was man-to-man. It was man-to-man. It was yeah. man-to-man, right. yeah. And, and he was able to knife through it like it was right. nothing. Seriously, like just going out to the uh, left side of the field um, – uh, and j- really able to stiff arm, not only the stiff arm, but like the initial catch from it, the way he was able to create separation all day long. I mean, that was great play calling and uh, just execution by Dylan Soner too. It was crossing routes by him and Braden Johnson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I, first off, great execution by Dylan Stoner using the ref as a little pick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just going under in a little bit, but this is what I was talking about when Baylor was going man to man most of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Rally Tejada, right? Excellent corner. One of the best corners in the Big 12, probably. And no matter how good a corner is, yeah. when you're running through that much traffic, you slow down for just a second, half a second, a quarter second, mm-hmm. and you get that little space. Mm-hmm. And it's just understanding, Spencer understanding, this is the coverage. Mike Gundy understanding, this is the coverage. When you have that sort of coverage, run crossing routes, create a little mm-hmm. bit of traffic, get that corner big slowed down for just a second then you got the ball in the hands in the hands of a very you know very speedy guy because you look at the formation i think it was Braden johnson one side and no one else yeah so when Braden johnson goes to the right that entire left side is cleaned up because that's how the formation was right and you get don't the ball in his hands and he's a, he's a playmaker he's mm-hmm. a weapon a fast guy with the ball in his hands talk about yak get him the ball let mm-hmm. him run stiff arm simple as that yeah you know and it was uh it just Another thing, right? Of of space, space, space. You need space. You know, you gotta have it, uh, and you gotta execute it well. And Dylan Soner did that the other day. Um, let's talk about the run game a little bit, okay? There was a surprise the sure. other day, right? You, you you go into these games now, and you're thinking, okay, the past couple of weeks, it's gonna be a Desmond Jackson show, right? It's gonna be him getting, you know, a hundred. I feel like he always gets like a hundred twenty three yards yeah, or something like casually, that, right? right? Yeah, right. Just casually gets that, right? But no, the guy from Bishop McGinnis High School. Our guy, Dominique Richardson, was able to have a stellar performance the other day. We talked about his strength. We talked about his ability to be a wrecking ball out there and to be a great downhill back. What did you see from him, and, and what stuck out to you as the reason he was able to have you know these game, this, this kind of game? Well, first off, let's acknowledge this. Him and his huge game, what, 169 yards, yep. three touchdowns, uh, had nothing to do with the game, <laughs> right, in the sense of his big game didn't lead OSU going forward. But, again, that was just a product of the fact that it was a blowout, yeah. right? It, it was from the beginning of the second quarter, 30 seconds in or a minute in, when the score was 28-0, you knew this game was mm-hmm. This was the most complete dominating performance I have seen all season from Oklahoma Seriously, State, yeah. And that is including Kansas. Mm-hmm. It is because it, it looked that fluid on offense. The offense looked fluid. Obviously stagnating a little bit in the second, third quarter. But on defense, they were exhilarating, which people will talk to talk about. But from top to bottom, from play to, from start to finish, this was the most complete dominating performance. This was the, the type of performance you usually see. And, yeah, Dominique Richardson is a guy who we have not really gotten a chance to see much this season. We saw a few plays against Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe here we you guys saw a fumble against Texas Tech. Went into limbo after that, right? Really, <laughs> and he just hadn't shown a lot. Obviously, he had a few plays, but you really can't pull out a lot from mm-hmm. just a few plays. But here, you really understood what he was. He is a true power back, mm-hmm. a good downhill runner, 
to, to me, Jasmine Jackson runs in a different style a little bit. A little bit more one cut than – I mean, he's downhill runner, no question. But he, I like his cut ability there. I but do too. Desmond Jackson, he is a power back. He doesn't oh, look, yeah. he doesn't look the biggest. Uh, he's six one, so he does look big that way. But he's not like Derrick Henry or something. No. But he's got a lot of strength. Mm-hmm. He's trucking over guys. Uh, he can cut through guys. Good vision. Really good vision. Yes. We broke it down in the film room. On those zone runs, understanding the cuts. And you see it all the time. There was another one I remember which I almost had to put up there, 53-yard mm-hmm. <laughs> run to the outside where you see him bounce it out to the outside so casually and just go. And it looks easy, but it's it's recognizing, wait, there's no contain on the right side, right? Baylor fails to contain there, and suddenly he just bounces out to the right and just mm-hmm. goes. That's that's bad discipline by Baylor. And from there, Desmond Jackson probably would have been caught after 20, 30 yards. Yeah. Again, no discredit to Desmond Jackson, but that's something that separates the two. I think Dominique Richardson has really good build-up speed, deceptive build-up speed, where at first you don't think he's running pe- away from people, and suddenly he's 50 yards down the field. <laughs> right? Again, he's not Chuba Hubbard. He's not L.D. Brown in terms of speed, but he's got good enough speed. And I keep saying this every single year. You don't need to have, you know, like, you don't need to have Chris Johnson-esque speed, right? Mm-hmm. You don't need to run a 4.28 or whatever it was, <laughs> a 4.24. You don't. You really, you don't need Chuba Hubbard speed. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's great. It's flashy. I'd take it. Right. If, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it 100%. But what really matters is your ability to just cut in the hole to be quick, mm-hmm. to um, strength, ability to make moves, to make guys miss. That's really a lot more important. The speed comes with it. That's you don't want to be slow, yeah. but you you just need to be fast enough, right? But he had that. He had good build up speed. He was strong. Mike cannot, you know, we can't overclass that. Even mm-hmm. though I said the word strength a million times already, he's got he can truck through people. Arm tackles. You're not bringing him down, and he doesn't look like he's. It's almost deceptive that way too. He doesn't look like a guy who's gonna run you over. Yeah, but he does, right? He trucks through a couple of guys. He arm tackles. He just he you fly around him. Mm-hmm. You can't bring him down. It takes a couple of guys, you know, bring him down. And that was really impressive because you, it showed that you just get a little bit of the right blocking, he'll find the right, right hole and go. The future is bright sure. in this OSU running back room. Oh, my goodness. Like, you look at these guys, right? And, and you, you see, I think there's some sort of weirdness to this. Maybe they had eye surgery, too, because every single running back on this team this year has proven with their vision. Sure. They can do anything, right? Because they make these cuts. They're patient at the line of scrimmage. And they all, I feel like all of them are, are, are great at having that great vision. And then uh, the patience and then bursting through, right? And, yeah. you know, whether it's, uh, whether you have LD Brown speed, whether you have Chuba Hubbard speed, or whether you have these two power backs that, that uh, we, we like so much, you can't go wrong with yeah. any of them, right? And, and really, I feel like you can put any single, any singular one of them out there and have a great performance any given night. Yeah, no, 100%. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it, it's it's just one of the things. Mike Gundy has had great running backs, right, for most of his tenure. Sure. He's had a lot of really impressive ones. And you don't want to worry about, oh, True Hubbard's gone. What's OSU going to do now? You really don't because it's so fluid. They're, they're constantly doing a great job mm-hmm. rotating guys in, building guys up, developing guys, and suddenly you're there, right? Yeah. And there's a reason you can you know get away with DeAndre Glass mm-hmm. being your, I mean, out of the program now, right? Yeah. Obviously, you didn't never fit in, but – it it's you got great running backs uh, you're on your fourth running back and dominic richardson's putting up this many stats mm-hmm. i understand it's college football but still to, to be this good against i mean a very good baylor defense it's incredible that was the main thing about baylor that this is the thing that really got me that when baylor shut down ou here's the thing about ou they we always get lost in the jalen hurts and the you know the <laughs> with um 
the quarterback the, show. Yeah, the, the <laughs> Kyler Murray and the uh-huh. all these these Baker Mayfield these quarterbacks. But what OU did so well and what Lincoln Riley is just so based off of is that run game. You mm-hmm. saw with the counter run game this year, Ramondre Stevenson. That's what changed for them. Ronnie Perkins coming back, but also Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Right, their run game. That was the difference this year from the struggles early on and now. With Spencer Rattler, even him, he's playing better off that run game. That's what OU has always done so well. And the point I'm getting at is that was the base of their offense. So Baylor, who who I think the reason I said Dominic Richardson didn't have the impact on OSU's game plan, because you saw early on they weren't getting a lot of traction with Desmond Jackson mm-hmm. and whoever was kind of in there in that run game because OSU understood we got these, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't need to run the ball against this front and how much they're stopping. We got the out routes, the, which were very successful in Professor Sanders, throwing the ball down the field, attacking man-to-man, the pass game that was working. Then later on, you're just wearing this defense down, and then suddenly you break a few long runs down because that's what it was. I mean, it was great tackle, great running, consistent running, a few yards here and there, but Baylor didn't – I'm not going to say shut down the run game because they didn't, obviously, mm-hmm. but at the same time – it was just a couple of big plays that really, you know, bolstered Dominic Richardson. Probably had, what, 50 yards without <laughs> those? Probably 20 carries, 50, 60, 70 yards. Again, no discredit to that. It's a really good Baylor front because it was those it was those big plays, lack of contain, that defense by Baylor. The whole point I'm getting at is it was a run game that was almost shut down by uh, Baylor. Or, sorry, that did really shut down and ha- hampered down OU, and that's why that game was really a lot closer than you would expect it mm-hmm. to be. And here, I thought that might be the same thing here. If OSU can't get their run game going, then the pass rush is going to get hurt. But OSU, OSU did a, such a good job establishing the pass early, it opened up the pa- run game. It did. And that's really how it worked. And Baylor, Baylor's run game is really, really run mm-hmm. defense is really good. And early on, you saw that where they were penetrating well. They were stopping guys from Jalen Petrie to the linebackers, right? With Dylan Doyle there. You got those guys who can stop the run. You got a great front, William Bradley King, the defensive end, obviously a stud there. And they were able to really stop the run early, but it didn't matter because OSU wasn't going to it much. They right. understood that. That pass game was there. That was really a difference, but it was great to see the run game later because it just showed you what can be. It didn't help as much. And that, that's the thing. That's why another aspect of why did OSU go up 28-0 then suddenly take the pedal off or take the foot off the pedal? They didn't. Mm-hmm. It was the fact that the run game had really struggled because – once you're up 28-0 early in the second quarter, you want to run the ball a bunch, right? But then say you run it twice, you're in third and eight, third and 11. It's hard to complete a pass after that. But OSU wasn't being as aggressive. The reason it didn't hurt them was Charlie Brewer couldn't do anything against his defense, right? I mean, no, again, it was just tough because they're O-line. But it, that's why OSU could – like OSU could – if they just kept being as aggressive as they were in the first quarter – this would have literally been 70-0. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but my point is the run the run defense is really good. It just shows more that Dominique Richardson was even better <laughs> yeah. at times. But I guess what I'm kind of getting at was Baylor's run defense is really good. And that's why you saw a lot of those, a lot stagnation in the second, third quarter from the OSU offense, right? That the run defense was good. So anytime you kept just rushing against them, three and out, three and out, mm-hmm. three and out. And the short drives. And that's why it ended up being, you know, a little, the offense a little Boring in the second quarter, to be honest. Sure. Right? Yeah, that, that was the big concern coming in for OSU in this offense and how they were uh, going to be able to respond against that Baylor defense. To, right. to me, at least, that was one of the biggest uh, concerns. So, But when you look at OSU's defense, right, um, and, and the performance they were uh, able to put on the other day, the things that stick out to me are the things we talked about before, is that the offensive line sucked for sure. Baylor, right? Um, and 
guys, surprising guys got out there and had great performances, right? Well, I can't, you can't even say it's surprising anymore. Brock Martin having a great performance, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. So he is building up something special. Let's start with him. What did you see from him and the rest of the defensive line uh, yesterday? Man, that, that's what I talked about as one of the keys. It was just that this this O-line for Baylor, it was it's so weak. <laughs> yeah. Right? They are porous. I mean, they're like Kansas level. They really are in that sort of territory. And this D-line, which is very deep and very talented, mm-hmm. OU got after after Baylor. Sure. OSU could do the same thing because you have a lot of those guys. You have strong pass rushers. And I saw a winning a lot of one-on-one matchups. Trace Ford you saw early on the sack. Brock Martin on the stunt with Brendan Evers. Mm-hmm. You saw several plays. Calvin Bunders just going one-on-one. And too many times Baylor left their guys one-on-one, their tackles against these really good pass rushers. And when you do that, it's not going to end up well. Yeah. And you saw a lot of the packages where on third and long – I don't know what that's called. I'm going to make it up and call the NASCAR package because <laughs> I like that. With Tyler Lacey in the middle, Calvin Bunger one side, mm-hmm. Tyler Lacey on the other side. Love it. I love it. I do. And <laughs> that, that you Standing saw, up? Yeah, you saw, yeah, three-man front constantly. And when they did that, you throw eight You throw eight in coverage, three front, but it's not three. It's not the weak three. It's three of your best pass rushers. Mm-hmm. Debatably, your three best pass rushers. I think it is. Right? I mean, considering the fact that Tyler Lacey is playing inside, mm-hmm. obviously, you don't have a better pass rush from inside, I don't think. And you, you do that, and you're constantly getting there. And some of it had to do with how impressive some of these OSU pass rushers are, but also with how weak that O-line was. And it was you were stopping them at the front. They lost – Baylor lost Tyquan Thornton, their second receiver, very good, fast receiver. But it was a, a dual combination of things. When this cornerback group is healthy, when this safety group is healthy, it is hard to get anything sure. on them. That's the thing. When, when against OU, against uh, TCU – Guys were hurt. There's a reason. If if I am surprised at this point, if Jarek Bernard Converse or Rodarius Williams give or Christian Holmes even gives up a pass, but not just if they give up a pass, mm-hmm. they give up a pass, they give up a pass. But if they have four or five yards of separation, I am very shocked at this yeah. point because that's how good this cornerback group has been all season long, right? And even against really good wide receivers, mm-hmm. that's happened. But they stuck in coverage whenever OSU's D-line didn't get there in a second or two when you didn't see Trace Ford or Brock Martin with a nice move. But those are cover sacks mm-hmm. because you got pressure on Charlie Brewer, forced him to throw it away, and he's a smart guy. A lot of them were pressures, not sacks, because of that. But it was just as effective. You right? you, mm-hmm. you make him throw bad throws because you get him pressure or you force him to throw it away. It's all the same to you because in the end you, you stop them right in their tracks. And that was impressive. You saw the cornerbacks were great. The tackling was awesome. There wasn't a lot of ground given in the run game, which is something that Baylor has been atrocious with. Yeah. The run game is awful. <laughs> it really is all season long. But at the same time, it was a great job by OSU uh, from the front and the back all over. And it stymied them where Baylor had to, you know, they tried to get the ball out quickly. But even that, this is what I keep saying. OSU has such athletes on their defense, not just talented guys, but every position group. Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of defense do you in where amen? I mean, first of all, Malcolm is a converted safety, <laughs> and we know what kind of speed and the athleticism he has. Amen also has so much athleticism. Of course. Trace Ford is, I mean, running at the pace of safeties mm-hmm. for a defensive end who what sticks at 240 pounds, uh, and this guy is running with, like, safeties. He yeah. is so athletic. All these guys are so athletic. Tyler Lacey is athletic. And then back in Colby and Trey and Thomas Harper, so mm-hmm. fast. So you throw it sideline to sideline. You try to run jet sweeps. You try to do any of this stuff. And these guys just have so much speed. And they swarm to make tackles at times. Where That's why they're so good at tackling at times. At times they're bad because they're, <laughs> it's, just, it's weird. At times it turns off a little bit. But 
you have such surefire tacklers, you have good tacklers, and they, and they get to their points, and they bring you down their tracks because of that. And you saw such good penetration and times where, you know, OSU's just living in the backfield. That's how OSU was able to get it done against Baylor, right? And, and uh, it's a defensive performance. And, and you know, he, here's what's great for this defense, too, is that um, – in previous games, right, there's there you ha- you see some of these point totals from TCU, from Texas Tech, mm-hmm. right, where it's like, okay, a solid performance from the defense. Sure. But um, even then, you or, or statistically speaking, right, but then, you you know, you see some of the scoreboard and, and you're like, okay, yeah, Texas Tech put up however many points, uh, TCU put up however right. many points, OU put up 40 points, whatever. It doesn't look good uh, for if you're the defense, but man, for them to be able to, be able to nearly pitch a shutout to uh, limit Baylor to three points was, sure. I feel like a good send off for them, right? Oh, um, and, and and I guess for confidence going forward into this bowl game. Yeah, definitely, because yeah, I mean, hopefully you get Trey Sterling back for that, mm-hmm. and this defense is close to healthy. Obviously, Trace Ford sucks, and <laughs> it it I mean it it's a tough injury for sure. It could be I don't know exactly what it is at this point, right? But it's difficult, and if he's out for the game, it sucks, but. It could suck a lot more. This is where the sure. depth of OSU really, really matters, where you see the the emergence of Brock Martin, right? I mean, obviously, we know how talented he is. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what his exact stats are. I'm sure he's close to 10 sacks on the season as a backup defensive end. Right. That is crazy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's he can play that Leo position. He, I don't think he's as athletic as Trace Ford and can't move around as mm-hmm. much. But just as a pure pass rusher, just a pure tackler, mm-hmm. run stopper and pass rusher, you got – that sort of ability that is impressive you can i'm sure you're gonna put calvin bunge in a little bit of that role right. you got depth you can move guys around jim knowles the amazing coordinator of mm-hmm. course that that will be a that will be something interesting to watch it'll be fun man it, it will definitely be fun uh and that's how osu was able to get it done against baylor we will have the coverage for you all season long for the remainder of this season for the short remainder of the season uh whatever bowl osu may be we hope it's the cheese bowl but that's you know that's just us uh talking some nonsense um but we will have you covered on okali.com at okali on twitter and at okali sports on twitter thank you for tuning in once again i'm ryan opasinski joined here as always by sadeep tuma have a great day